My name is Christopher Thomas Plant. My name is Ross Frosting. Welcome to The Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. This week, we're talking about the 30th anniversary of Mario Kart, which is a topic that I think you're excited about, and that's why I'm going to cut it off at the knees, and we're going to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for just a minute, because... Literally just a minute. Just a minute, literally. No, 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 just... So I talked about it on Besties on on Friday, right? With Justin. And Justin, to his credit, very patient. But do you ever, like, you know when, like, a date is going bad? You haven't been dating for a while. Neither have I. But you, you know that feeling, right? <laughs> sure. Like, we, yes, you're, we've you're all been You're talking to somebody and you know like they either don't care about what I'm saying or like I am speaking a language that they are unfamiliar with. Yes. And they're being so nice, but they're kind of wanting this to end. That That's kind of how it felt. And now I'm doing it all over again with you. But I thought maybe, maybe you have some questions. Like are you... Maybe your heart has changed, and you're ready to welcome Xenoblade Chronicles 3 into it. So, uh, where'd you grow up again? <laughs> well, the interesting thing about Xeno uh, series is it started no, out on yeah, original. No, yeah, no, I get it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then and then after that, they, so it actually changed publishers. Oh, yeah, um, okay. The first Xeno was actually uh, originally Final sure. Fantasy VII. Um, and then it was going to be a Chrono Trigger sequel. Wow, yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Just like both your parents, huh? Wow, that's wild. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, you're going to be hearing this for, uh, I don't know, the next year, because this game is 100 hours long. So I can't wait. For... Hey, here's what I'm going to say, joking aside. I played the, se- the second one, I think. Oh, I've heard it's horrible. It was, it soured me pretty hardcore on the entire thing. And we all know, and I don't need to relive it, how I feel about JRPGs. Yes. And it was extremely that. And uh, yeah, so I'm sure it's lovely, but you just can't, you you, you will really, unlike Justin, who is very polite, I cannot <laughs> summon the um, enthusiasm to counter your enthusiasm. So we'll just sort of sit and stare in silence unless we talk about something else, in which case we are. Which is Mario Kart. I think I think that's fair. And just for the listeners who actually do want to hear about Xenoblade, here's what you can do. You want to listen to a different podcast. <laughs> Even the, the ironically triple click with Jason Schreier on it, our friend JRPG fan, he is not a huge fan of the series, so sorry. Uh there's into the aether. And then at the end of the year, I am going to prepare effectively a one act play, one person show. Uh, defending this game so you okay will i mean if it, if it makes you feel any better you're not gonna beat it so no oh no i mean i don't beat any game except no for i know okay you're right let's talk about mario kart i've i've suspended <laughs> this podcast for long enough okay fresh mm. it is the 30th anniversary of mario kart this year that's crazy it I is i guess it makes sense because it can't the mario kart the original mario kart which is just called mario kart right or super mm. mario kart uh, it came out on the SNES at the very, very early in its life cycle, I want to say. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the earliest games that ever came out on the SNES. Yeah, wow. And here we are, 2022. Yeah. It's, it happened. It, it's weird. And it, it really uh, hits home how large of a gap it's been between new Mario Kart games since Mario Kart 8. I guess if you count the mobile game, 
Maybe it's not as Yeah, bad. well, are we counting, when you say Mario Kart 8, are we counting the Switch port of Mario Kart 8, or are we counting the original that, release of it? That's the thing. They've really milked this one, because it originally comes out on the Wii U, then we get the Switch port, then we get the mobile game that's separate, and now we're getting the massive expansion to this game over the next two, three years? I think it's the end of 2023 is when the expansion ends. Yeah, and, and it makes sense. tons of levels. Um, the install the number of people that have bought the game on Switch uh, is astronomical. I mean, it is consistently one of, if not the best-selling games on every system it's on. I, I think it's like hard to appreciate that. It's the Mario Kart series. Let me see this. I believe it's it is over number one. Well, I will say. Copies? I will say for for the Switch uh, on mm-hmm. copies sold, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as of June 30th, 2022, so it's even higher than this, is 46 million copies, 46.82 million copies. The next highest game, world dominating phenomenon that it was, Animal Crossing at 39 million copies. So even though Mario Kart 8, I don't think had the like cultural splash yeah, everyone that buys a Switch effectively is buying Mario Kart, it, and this is the only Mario Kart game that's on there. So everyone is buying this game, and uh, yeah, it's just like chugging away. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I said one fifty. They've sold over one hundred and sixty-six million total units of Mario Across Kart all. games, yeah, which is incredible. Um, and I, I, I have to imagine that maybe digital sales are not being factored in here or, or various things because Super Mario Kart, Mario Kart 64, I, I would bet that they've sold additional copies since their original launch. They would get those numbers higher. What? Wait, how so, would they like, sell original copies? Well, because Mario Kart 64 gets released on the Wii, right? Like you get re-releases. Did it come out on the Wii? Oh, just as like on a buy game console, you can buy, yeah. like a digital. Yeah, maybe I guess the Wii Virtual Console wasn't like that. that yeah, popular. I don't know that it was moving numbers. Anyway, certainly. just a gajillion, gajillion people like it of this game. Yeah, uh, uh, immensely popular. Uh, has changed, I think, a fair bit over the years. I, I, I think this series doesn't get enough credit for like how much it. Each entry is different than the other. Would you? Yeah, would you it doesn't. It's not like a progressive change. No. Where like each entry is like obviously better than the previous one, which is kind of the norm for video games. It's more that each entry tries something new and different. And so we have individual entries that are like, the, you know, the one that jumps to my mind is Mario Kart Double Dash, where you have two characters on the same cart and that changes how things play out. And it feels like, for the most part, they've tried different things with each entry. Yeah, there's Mario Kart Wii, which has the motion control that it really emphasized. Um, I, I, I mean, it's weird to say Mario Kart Super Circuit went back to kind of the Super Nintendo format. Uh, Mario Kart 64 is the first 3D one. I think probably the closest we have to consistency across these games would be like, Mario Kart DS, Mario Kart 7, which is a 3DS game, Mario Kart 8 run. And then like Mario Kart Wii is like in the middle there and uh, mixed feelings about that one. But for me, like this series really finds itself with Mario Kart DS, which I know later in the show, we're going to talk about Mario Kart 64 quite a bit with some questions I have for you. Did you not 
play Mario Kart DS? I know that you're a big Mario Kart 64 fan. I played it, and I played 7, and Mm. I played 8. I played all of them. Um, And we'll we'll get into why I like Mario Kart 64 a bit later. Um, I remember DS being very good. I don't remember it being as close to where we are now as Mario Kart 7 was, which basically introduced the idea of like transforming your via- your cart depending on the track. So you would go underwater or go in the air. I feel like that wasn't in the DS one. The DS one felt like much closer to the traditional Mario Kart style. Yeah, the DS one is uh, like, to me, what Mario 64 aspired to be. Like if Mario 64 is the rough draft, the DS version is the real thing in that it's, well, one, I believe it's fully 3D. Mario Kart 64 does that kind of weird thing where it's using flat images and textures overlaid on a 3D world. Um, it was 3D. No, so the world is 3D, but I don't think the characters are always 3D. I think they're actually images. No, I don't think sure. so. Let's uh, correct because there's no way Donkey Kong in Mario Kart 64 was just a JPEG of Donkey Kong. I, uh, I could be dead wrong, actually. Yeah, no, I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong. Okay, good. I was like, I... good work, Nintendo, for fooling me though, because in my memory. He was like a full one. You know what it is? The box art really sells the 3D-ness of it. And I guess I got tricked. And the only place where you really figure it out is on the replays where when the camera goes around a character and they have to switch between like the four images of the character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And it looks like NBA Jam. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Mario Kart DS is the one where I just feel like they're doing more interesting things with the courses. I mean, one of my favorite courses, I'll just talk about it now uh, is Waluigi Pinball, which, do you remember this one? I don't. So the good news is it just got added to the Mario 8 DLC. So you can play like a flashy version of it right now. Um, but it's basically you get dropped into a giant pinball machine that is based like 1950s Las Vegas aesthetic. Sure. As if Waluigi owned his own casino. And then for some reason he was having you gamble on pinball, which historically correct. Pinball was seen as gambling in New York and was illegal True. for that reason. Um, but yeah, you going... I, I love any sort of video game thing where you are small thing put in a hyper large version of a real world object, you know, like Toy Commander. Yeah, sure. I don't know why that always appeals. And there, uh, you also have like giant pinballs rolling around. It's just very, very, very clever. Um, and that's that's from... The DS version. And I mean, it's just impressive to me because to this day, I still think that is one of the more inventive Mario Kart courses, despite it being on a handheld a long time. Yeah, I also like the, you know, in looking at it now, because it has been a while, like the idea that they were, even though they were doing 3D, obviously there was a limit to what the DS could do. So it ends up looking like a low poly version of the Mario characters, which actually works pretty well it looks like all the characters like how they looked in mario 64 for example um i think it it is it feels right to me yeah um, so i understand your your passion for it so which courses like what are your three courses if you well i'm gonna you know, uh, okay so people careful listeners of the besties and the resties will maybe remember i'm not like a huge mario kart person i under like the my passion for Mario Kart is entirely social and not the actual game of it because getting people around to play the game is fun and genuinely like one of the few games that pretty much anyone can pick up and play. But like if I'm playing alone, 
I don't get a lot of enjoyment out of Mario Kart. And that's not a knock on the game. It's just kind of the nature of the game. So that is sort of a caveat to say, even though I have enjoyed myself playing some of these Mario Kart games, I'm not like super passionate. The only time that I remember like getting super into it was Mario Kart 64. And that's not to say it's the best game, but I do think it introduced some elements that have now become the standard. Uh, I want to say that the like drift boost mechanic was really basic like really defined in mario kart 64 and it has not dramatically changed since then i'm sure there are tweaks but the core of it feels pretty similar um and i don't know it just has stuck with me and to that end i'm gonna list off a bunch of the like mario kart 64 levels that i enjoyed i'm sure there are better ones i don't even know how many of these i assume all of them have appeared in Deluxe. I'd have to go back and check because it has been a little while. I believe since variations of it. Yeah. Of these. Um, so number one for me is Toad's Turnpike. Um, if For those that don't remember, this is the set on a highway, like a normal adult human highway, but all the Mario Kart characters are like driving around on the highway with like giant trucks. And you basically have to like dodge trucks as you're going down the highway. And unlike the carts, uh, in this case, the the cars that you're dodging, the trucks and stuff, were fully 3D, like, and coming right at you. And it added a level of like cinematicness to Mario Kart, which I think generally can be a little bit quiet, at least early on. Just didn't have that level of panache. Um, whereas I think Toad's Turnbike sort of like dialed it up a bit. And I do know this is one that has been remade and it ages really well because all you all they have to do is like make the cars more realistic and the contrast between the cars and the the carts, uh the Mario Karts is very funny to me. So I yeah, out. I'm what I find interesting about these levels that you have listed here, and Toad's Turnpike is a perfect example of it, is how different they were from other racing games at that time. Which yes. I think like people who were not alive when the Nintendo 64 was available might not understand most racing games. This is like some real old man stuff. Most racing games were just a simple track. It was just a, a, a shape, a squiggly line that you went around. And that yeah. doesn't mean they were good or bad. It was just that simple. There, there wasn't a lot. There was nothing dynamic or kinetic about the tracks that you were playing on. And that was really the case with um, with the original Mario Kart. It was just like flat tracks. Yeah, yeah. And what was wild about Mario 64 at the time was not just that you had active courses like Toad's Turnpike with other cars on there that were you weren't racing against, but that almost every course had its own kinetic tweak. So, yeah. I mean, we should just go to Moo Moo Farm because I know that's also on your list. But yeah. that, that's one that has um, gophers, I believe, like jumping yeah, the, out. the gophers from uh, Super Mario World uh, are in it. Also, there's adorable, like, cows that aren't really interactable. They're just flat cows. Uh, mostly, I put it on this list just because I like vibing to Moo Moo Farm. Like, it's, <laughs> I think there's a uh, difference between the, like, super intensity of, uh, you know, Rainbow Road or Toad's Turnpike versus, like, the tracks that are just, like, chill out, have a good time, cruise around this course. Moomoo Farm is, like, a perfect, like, time trial kind of track because you just have to mostly, for the most part, just worry about, you know, 
the track itself and and a few little obstacles, but it doesn't feel that intense. I think that's which... also because like you and I can see the matrix from having played these games for so long. So I mean, there is I I think it's like either the maybe the beginning or the end or both of this course where those uh, gophers jump out. Yes, and you can effectively use that as a shortcut. You can drive over those holes, and it you know feels like a gamble of will they jump out and hit you. But if you've been playing it for long enough, you have that kind of sense of the sixth sense of when they are going to pop out and where. And you just naturally go over that patch every single time. Yeah, uh, you sort of just develop that muscle memory. Yeah, and it's like that is a thing that I love about revisiting old games that I will never have again with modern games is you as a kid play these games so much that you can enter a flow state with them that I mean, most people will never enter again after they turn, I don't know, like 30. Um, It's pretty cool. I also mentioned uh, DK's Jungle Parkway, which is another 64 track that I really enjoyed. Just, again, similar to Toad's Turnpike, just uh, there's a cinematic aspect to it with rolling rocks, and and, uh, it just felt like the closest that technology could approximate like an Indiana Jones-style race. You go into a cave in that one, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I so that gets to my list. I mentioned Waluigi Pinball. The other one I have here that is also from Mario sixty four, Bowser's Castle, and that this goes across Bowser's Castle in every game. I believe there's one in every single entry. But what I love about this one and why I remember so well is just that sense of scale, of like being at the starting line and seeing this huge castle. And then racing through it, which again, at the time, just felt wild. Like, it felt wild that you were in a building and it actually felt like a building and not just like more of the same map with a kind of, you know, cardboard cutout of a building in front of it. Yeah, I always hated the Bowser's Castle tracks just because... They're vicious. I don't... The thwomps and there's like... I felt like a lot of randomness to them. I didn't, I never found them fun to race. Also, they're very right angly, which yeah. always bothered me, even though I understand why from a, like a architecture standpoint. You're from pros. And you, yeah. you want to just hold down that gas. Yeah. And go for Precisely the right. Well, yeah. so my last one is, well, kind of that Rainbow Road, but specifically the Mario Kart 8 version. Yeah. Which I think is the friendliest of all of them. Rainbow Road, always the final stage of mario kart games um there's a variety of them mario kart 8's rainbow road is in space and you see earth below you which at the time felt kind of weird but i guess makes more sense now that mario odyssey is out and mario kind of hangs out in places that look like earth um but mario kart 8 its gimmick the thinnest gimmick is that you have anti-gravity yeah which really is just a visual gimmick (laughs) because it's not like it feels like anything different it's just that the tracks will go upside down or go sideways uh or whatever and and your wheels change but this isn't like a thing that you have to control or anything correct um i guess the the kind of grip on the ground is a little different uh but yeah you're like flying between uh space stations and the track and there's like a hint of f-zero to it which is the nintendo racing series that has not gotten the mario kart treatment that has been kind of lost to time um but yeah i I I like I don't know I, I I like a game that has that that gimmick of like uh, the one place that you revisit over and over again through the years, but it's different. Yakuza yeah. does that with 
is it Camarocho? The the name I can't remember the name of the town, but the main place that you visit is consistently the same between the games. Um, and it's just cool to have the opportunity to see how one like design trends change, but graphics change, and I don't know. Just, yeah, I feel like I I also feel like that Rainbow Road track in Mario Kart Eight is the epitome of them being like, we are going to make a visual feast. Yeah. Like more so than anything, like more so than the gameplay experience, it's just going to be like a stunning visual thing, like the equivalent of like a res level or something like that, where you're just like taking it all in or, or even like Tetris effects ha- has something similar to it. Yeah. And I think that level in particular, and I wish it was more frequent in Mario Kart games, just kind of epitomizes that like holy cow, this is remarkable. I'm flying over Earth on a rainbow road with fucking Koopa Trooper chasing me. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's very good. Well, I, I do actually like that level. I, I like when games do that too, of just giving you a reward at the end. You know, like, yeah. hey, this is beautiful, and we're actually not going to make it super difficult. You know, you've made it this far. You've done the hard part. Here's something awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I wish more games did that. I, I much prefer that too. And now the greatest challenge of all, and you're going to bash your head against the video game for the final two hours, um, which is not my speed. Are you, are you a baby park person? I like it conceptually. I've never, I don't think I've ever done it in multiplayer. Do you want to describe it? Oh yeah. So baby park is just like the tiniest of ovals. Like imagine an oval track and as small as you can make that oval while still being like an, like an actual track is how small it is. And you just go around that super quickly. And correct me if I'm wrong, you do get faster and faster as it goes? Is mm, that true? I, I don't know if that's true on every version of Baby Park. but Okay, I might be uh, misremembering, but I, do, I know it's like just a very simple oval. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it. it it's, I, I like the nerve of putting a track in a game that is effectively... The equivalent of like, I don't know, I guess it's like great sushi or like what's uh, what's another thing where you're just like, you, you know, like the, the $500 piece of fruit that you can get in Japan. Where it's like, oh, yeah. It's just this. But we have so much confidence in it. It's just a circle, but it's the best circle you're ever going to drive. Yeah, but, I, but the, the it's not that it's just a circle. It's also because there are other circle maps. It's also because it's so because small, it's small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ends up being like a total like gridlock of all the cars constantly being on top of each other so the combat is like very fierce probably there's more knockouts and item attacks in baby park than any other track in the game because it's so tiny well i mean speaking of are you a battle mode person no no yeah same it's bad i did you like try to make it work when you yeah yeah i've tried i've tried and that's something that i've tried in multiplayer i just don't find it fun to Really, I can't think of a single car combat game that I've enjoyed, and that includes Twisted Metal. You know, it's just not a genre for me. I don't think cars in their nature of, like, the reverse and the turn and, oh, no, I drove too far, and I have to, like, do a quick J-turn to spin around to aim this rocket, whatever. I, it's not fun. I don't think that's fun. No, um, Rocket there are League a few is, modes. like, the best case scenario, and that's not combat, but of Which using one? Rocket League. Oh, of sure. like using a car for something that is not what cars are used for, but yes, most of the time it feels awful. Yeah, the the Rocket League physics don't approximate a car, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> They're that's like true. something else. So, 
Uh, there are, I will say this, <clears throat> there are a couple battle mode modes in Mario Kart games, and I can't think mm. of any off the top of my head, where it's like tag or something like that. And in those circumstances, it's a little better, but I'd still think that it's like, nah, not yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. I I played a ton of Mario Kart 64 battle mode as a kid. Yeah. And I don't think anybody enjoyed it at the time. No, it's just very mean-spirited. Yeah, it, it never felt good. It was a thing that you played after people got really upset playing GoldenEye in Smash. Yeah. Um, and then you would be like, oh, okay, we'll play something simple. And then somehow battle mode would get put on and then moods would deteriorate even further and everybody would go home yeah um yeah it, it's awful um uh very quick your favorite racers who do you always go to oh sure um i usually pick and this is just purely aesthetically i don't think these are the best racers mm-hmm. shy guy koopa troopa lucky two are my like go-tos. I just like the little guys that like the yeah. fact that they're just like generic enemies. I guess Lucky Two is a little bit more of a the n- generic enemy, but I just sure. like that they're neck and neck with like all the big heavy hitters. Yeah, it's it's their time to shine. And also Shy Guy, in my opinion, is the best aesthetic Mario character out of all of them. Why? Just, I, I don't know what it is, but there's something about Shy Guy's design that I think is so pure and perfect that it cannot be improved upon. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it's kind of like a a smiley face, right? Like it's so simple. Yeah, but there's a lot. It's more than just the face that you've got the robe and the belt and the boot and the like little shoes. I don't know what it is, but Shy Guy really clicks with me. I mean, I get it. Um, Mine are Yoshi for my light character. Yeah, Wario, if I want somebody a little heavier to kind yeah. of knock around the course. And then just Dry Bones, which I could swear that you could play Mario Kart DS with a friend on another DS without having to buy the game on the Yeah, that one. rings a bell. And then Dry Bones was like the free racer. Oh, like, I think you could only use Dry Bones if you were playing. But I remember this, and I looked it up before we recorded, and for the life of me, I couldn't find it. Anything I feel like this. it should be Boo is the only racer you can use because the other person's a ghost because they didn't buy the game. Uh, Well, that might be confused with, like, ghost racing. Oh. You know? Boo. Boo. Um, Any any other thoughts on Mario Kart before we wrap? No, I mean, I'm happy that people get so much enjoyment out of it. Uh, And I understand the draw from it as, like, a purely, you know, looking at it as a game and why it's so successful and stuff like that. Again, it's not the sort of game that I would immediately turn to to have a good time if I'm playing alone. But if there's people around, damn, Mario Kart can't be beat. It's very good. Favorite one is Mario Kart 64? Yeah, yeah. Okay, my favorite is Mario Kart 8 by kind of default because it's like the ultimate, you know, thing. Of, it has almost everything. Yeah, the in Switch version point. though, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, if I, you know, personal favorite DS, as yeah. long as you are not racing against people who know how to snake which was a little trick that ruined the game. Um, Snaking's bullshit. Snaking is bullshit. You can Google snaking if you really want. Well, maybe don't Google snaking. Yeah. I don't know what <laughs> that's going to pull, pull up. Pull up. Um, uh, let's take a break, and then afterwards, you are doing 
something to yourself that I find disgusting. <laughs> and we're going to talk about it shortly. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Frushtick is trying to... I have a... Well, before you say uh-huh. it, I have a term for what I'm trying to do. Oh, oh, good snaking. It's called the trifecta. Okay. <laughs> do you want to say what the trifecta is? Sure. The trifecta is completing three concurrent battle passes at the same time. Okay. Okay. Which is to say, if there are, are you, you, you know, we all know living games these days have battle passes. <sighs> you level them up, you get all the stuff by oh. leveling them up. And then at the end of the season, if you didn't level them all up, you don't get anything that you didn't unlock. I am trying to do three of those at once, and it will probably be the only time I ever do this in my entire life. And there's a reason why that is, which I'll go into. But okay. uh, the, the three games are Fortnite. Yes. I'm just guessing Fortnite. Um, uh, uh, you know what? And I don't know after that. Uh, really? No other guesses? For- Fortnite, Fall Guys. Yep, that's number two. And I, and, I, and I genuinely do not know the third one. The third one is Halo Infinite. What? Yes. Uh, and I guess I'll go like how I sort of came to this moment because it's not a quest that I attempted to undertake intentionally. It just sort of happened. Uh-huh. And I'm going to take them sort of one at a time because they're all a little bit weird and why I'm able to do this has a lot to do because I have a life and a baby and like ordinarily uh-huh. normal circumstances, I would not have the time or the inclination to actually grind these out. And you did cheat. Uh, I was creative in using the game's <laughs> mechanics to get myself to the place that I needed okay, to be. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, so, so game one, Fortnite. Okay. Uh, I've talked a little bit about this in the past, but uh, basically there's a mode called Save the World, which is how Fortnite launched, and I have a whole setup in Save the World where I basically set it to, you know, start a match, and I have, a like, a whole array of very complicated traps and things and the zombies march in, and all the tra- the traps just sort of do their own thing. And I come back two hours later, six hundred thousand XP richer. <laughs> oh and uh, I sort of <laughs> rinse and repeat that over the course of like a month, and the entire battle pass is leveled. I can never get over the electrical bill part of this. That's the part that kills me. It's, it can't be that expensive. Your key. Um, most people just leave their. Uh, Xbox is in whatever sleep mode. I'm playing it on an Xbox. And so for two hours in a day, it's okay. like doing its thing. I guess it's like playing a video game for two hours a day. Yeah, effectively. Okay. It's not terrible. No. I've watched my power it's bill. Also, it's yeah, not it, insane. And it's good that it's your Xbox. If it was your gaming PC, that would be Well, I wouldn't brutal. have done it just because I wouldn't want to listen to my gaming PC like the fan whirring yeah. nonstop. The Xbox is silent. It just sits in the corner doing its thing. You know, it's basically like a silent Bitcoin and, miner, but it's mining V-Bucks. Oh, no, I, I I get it. What 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 were you doing this for? Like, what was the end goal? What was the final prize? Uh, What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted skins and stuff. Yeah, but what was like, okay... You could have stopped at any time, but there's something at the end. There's of not the really a pass. reason to stop. Is it, so for those that don't know, in Fortnite, if you level the battle pass, you get enough currency to buy the next battle pass. Right, right. But say, okay, so at the end of the battle pass, right? Yeah. The, I 
from what I remember, there's like, oh, you get like special edition Freddy Krueger or whatever. Yeah, and right. I, Darth Vader in this season, sure. So it's Darth Vader. So that's the thing that you were like, it was all building towards. Was but Darth not Vader. just, but, but every season has like a cool final skin that of I Of course, of course. I just want to know what you were working towards. I just wanted to like, yeah, that's... The, the answer can't be to keep doing it. That's, no, you're right. That's unhinged. You're right. The, the, here's, what, here's what I'm working towards is uh-huh. I like Fortnite as a game, like the minute to minute of the game. But the <laughs> there, I was getting anxiety from like, oh, I'm not completing all the daily quests in the battle royale yeah. mode. So I'm getting behind and am I going to level and I'm using like XP calculators to figure out whether I'm on track to hit level 200 at the end of a season so I can get all the skins. Yeah. And I was like, no, there is a better way. And there was, it was doing this ridiculous save the world AFK mode that to my credit, like it's not a hack and it took me a while to actually set up. And now that it's set up, it's tremendously satisfying to just like let it do its thing. So I don't regret it one bit, but I I mean, I would be more critical of it if I weren't jealous that I can't do this on multiverses because I am so close to getting the cake the dogs or the cake, the cat skin, which is like the final reward. And uh not sure if I'm going to be able to get it on time. I'm not sure. When does it, when does the season end? Well, so it's supposed to end like now, but they've delayed the next season indefinitely. Oh no. So is I don't, because the uh, HBO max discovery drama. I don't think so. I think it's just bad timing. Yeah. Um, because they're adding Rick from Rick and Morty. Into oh, there. sure. And you know, you got to get that right. If you're going to do that, and I, I think they maybe need some more time with Rick in the oven. Um, well, okay, okay, so I've, yeah, so, so I've short-circuited that anxiety to the point where it is now, I hit max level in the current season of Fortnite like two months before the season ended. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So it was okay. great. So, okay, so that's so Fortnite. That Fall Guys. Fall Guys. But before, okay, from the top, what are you working towards with Fall Guys? I, I actually, What's I'm going to do uh, Halo first. Okay. What are you working towards in Halo? Uh, okay. So I, in, <laughs> Did in you Halo's just case. Google it? No, no, no. Okay. I didn't. In Halo's case, all the cosmetics, at least though, so far, have been kind of crappy. Yeah. Like not from, like whatever, badass I mean, skin of. <laughs> Halo. <laughs> like the art. I mean, yeah. Not... Halo, right. Halo cosmetics. Not why you play. No, it, some of them are okay. Like some of the armor, whatever. It's fine. None of that is a draw for me. However, I really like the gameplay of Halo Infinite. <clears throat> I wish that there was more content, more maps. They have been very slow to add stuff. But the minute-to-minute of Halo multiplayer is actually quite fun. So the getting to max level on that happened by accident, mostly because they are still figuring out how to actually properly balance the battle pass to the point where everyone isn't hitting max level just by accident. So, uh, you know, <laughs> this season is six months long. I think I hit max level like two months in, something like that. That is uh, And that was just by playing the game and not even playing that much, like maybe three matches a week, four matches a week, like very yes. little, like maybe an hour a week. And it's a lot of this is just, again, they've like totally screwed up the balancing and then they went, I think, too far in the other direction where it's way too generous for leveling. And so it's just sort of happened by accident. So I'm not working towards anything. It's just like 
fun to play the game every once in a while. And wow, look at that. I just gained 10 levels without even trying. Okay. So that's two. So there wasn't really anything that you were working towards there. You just, no. for the love of the game. For the love of the game. I enjoy the I, minute to minute. I, I, and that's the case with all these. I enjoy well, t- playing. A little bit what? of Tale of Two stories here. You know, like. No. What do you mean? One of these, you Jerry rigged an Xbox to play for you out of nursing some anxiety that you have. And the other one, you didn't even try for the thing to happen. You were just having a nice time. But I wasn't going, I wouldn't have gone through the process with Fortnite if I didn't enjoy the core gameplay of Fortnite oh, oh, so much. Of course, of course. You you like both the games. You like all three of these games, I think. Yes, that is but, true. But the story of how you got to completing a battle pass could not be more different that is true yeah it, it they all three of them i think are are very different okay the final one the which, final one which is fall guys, fall guys. Us the fall. i assume this is because do they have the near costume back on and you know you know how it? i feel about near <laughs> <laughs> okay so what, what what were you playing for um i think this is another version of the just for the love of the game but unlike halo I actually think they've balanced the leveling of the battle pass quite well here. And uh, so I would just like once a week, like play a little bit and complete like weekly challenges and daily challenges. And it just sort of happened like kind of at a normal pace. And that kind of makes sense if you think about it, like Fortnite, I'm not really playing, right? Uh, Halo is happening just by nature of like me barely even thinking about it because the balancing is so off. So this is really the only one that I would consider to be a normal battle pass in terms of my leveling pace. And it feels pretty good. I level like 10 levels a week or so and uh, have just been making steady progress over that time. And because I enjoy the game and really enjoy the skins in the game, it's been very rewarding and I enjoy myself. So in, in or are there any skins that you've gotten where you're like, hot dang? Um, let's see. I like... There's like a donut backpack that I really enjoy. Oh, that's cute. Um, I got an inner tube. I, I think that was probably because I have an Amazon Prime subscription, so I got an inner tube out of that. <laughs> Your games are so weird. Um, eh, let's see, Godzilla. Oh, okay. Yeah, God, that's Gun what Mecha I'm actually Godzilla interested even. in. I'm less interested in that. Um, I got uh, one of the Among Us characters. Okay. I mean, again, like I like the aesthetics, but it is not the like unlocking stuff is not necessarily the draw for me. I just like playing. It's like a good chill out game. This still sounds great. Yeah. It sounds like you you found a healthy rhythm. What I like about this, when you first said that you were going to talk about this on the show. Yeah. I thought you did this all in one month. And I was horrified. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, most, you should know, unlike multiverses, most battle passes do not last just one month. No, I, I I understood. I don't know why I thought that. I felt like I needed to call your wife and volunteer help. Yeah, like no. I was I was just worried, but now I'm relieved because this feels very natural. And I do know I from what I remember of having a kid who was like I like between like one and two, you're getting some of your time back a little, bit. but it's inconsistent. Yes, and like having you know ten or fifteen minutes here and there very common and not much else so like this would be for me the worst time to play xenoblade chronicles 3 which we'll talk about more in a second exactly because right. you you just could not like you wouldn't make it through half a cutscene, and you would not feel rewarded for the time that you're putting in 
Um, we're like me where I'm at in parenting. It's like, well, I, <laughs> there's no free time anymore except for when he sleeps, but he sleeps well. Yeah. So once he is asleep, it's like, great. I need an hour in a different world. And I can do that on the on the planet of Pandora or whatever it is that you know, play the set. Um, yeah, okay. whereas, whereas for me, all of these games cap out at 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to get you playing multiverses with me. It's so fun. It's yeah. so fun. And it's like a perfect game for this. I played a little bit with, I mentioned Into the Aether, earlier with uh, Brendan Bigley from that show. We did a session last Friday, and it was just, like, a great hang. Like, such a good, chill-out game. And because, at least so far, the community has not gotten full Smash, it really does feel like just, you know, playing Smash Brothers in a basement with just a whole bunch of strangers who happen to be coming through with you uh, because it's not that competitive yet. Only, yeah. only like, once or twice did I play with people where I was... Like, oh, you, you have studied the blade, and you don't you think that's here. just like matchmaking. I mean, it could be that too, right? But even in with a game like this, where it doesn't have a history of like matchmaking from previous games, I'm kind of impressed if if they just have matchmaking done that well yeah. already. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just a delight, Ron James. So good. Um, any, he's really good in it. I'm glad. Um, Mosey gets so mad at me when I'm playing as LeBron James. We have a little bit of game time each night where, uh, he will play something on Switch next to me while I play on, um, on Steam Deck for like 10 or 15 minutes, whatever, like a session, right? And, uh, we do this and it's our little ritual. And now he's really interested in multiverses, but he really wants me to play his Bugs Bunny. So every time he sees me playing, he's like, oh, Dada, first... You play as LeBron James, but then you play as Bugs Bunny. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure, yeah. By that time, I'll be turning the game off. Um, what a joy. Uh, any, any, any other <laughs> updates from this, uh, this, I guess, tour of living games? Um, no, I mean, all those games are fun. That's what I would say. <laughs> and they're all free to play now, which yeah. is cool. Um, but remind yourself, like, if you're feeling anxious about trying to level Battle Pass, who gives a shit, really? (laughs) Like, if you don't have the banana skin, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it kind of is, but it's okay. You'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what else, what else have you been enjoying? Uh, I've been watching the third season of Harley Quinn, which is definitely my favorite cartoon right now, animated series, I should say. I don't want to diminish it. Um, But it's great. Like, excellent writing, great characterizations. Uh, Friend of the show, Ron Funches, is a great King Shark in it. Oh my gosh, yeah. And um, it's just great to see uh, DC so willing to really let almost anything go in terms of their very storied properties uh, and allow pretty much anything. The only thing that I think there was some drama about was I think DC wouldn't allow them to feature Batman and Catwoman, a Batman giving oral sex to Catwoman. (laughs) That was the one stipulation, which is A, very funny, and B, 
to be honest, kind of in character for Batman, who is a very selfish individual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of, do you remember Batman's Ding Dong in the Black Label? That, that was, I can't, that was like a, a nonsense sentence. Batman's penis is shown in a comic book. It was like okay. DC did a Black Label comic. And I believe it even got printed. And then they were like, no. <laughs> like you that's not gonna fly even in this this label we are taking that off the market there are limits yeah there are limits i mean i think there was like a question of i'm googling batman penis black label and this is maybe really don't gonna throw off my results <laughs> uh yeah well I, you know what maybe i'm wrong from polygon.com reports of batman's penis have been greatly overhyped <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it, it was in some versions and it got removed. Well, uh, yeah, they have boundaries, you know? Yes. That's that's unfortunate. But um, it's it's a great, Harley Quinn, to bring it back, is a great show, uh, and I would highly, highly recommend it. So, it's on HBO Max. <laughs> I, I just... For now. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I, I looked at the image, and the image of Batman's uh, uh, weenie in the shadows is just next to the word bullshit. Uh, which is some great framing. Um, uh, okay, I, I know that this is going to be the last time I get to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Thank you for humoring me, Prush. I'm going to keep this quick. But I do want to answer some questions for people who might be curious about it. I'm gonna, I'll go very quickly. One, do you have to play any of the other Xeno games? Absolutely not. In fact, going off of Frustic's feelings about Chronicles 2, I would actively avoid doing that. Uh, two, is there a lot of fan service in this game? Which I think was a problem with Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So far, none. Like, a very, I mean, if any, very little. So that's a relief. Three, is the voice acting bad? No. The voice acting is, like, quite chill and, like, calming. Um, is the music good? Yeah, the music's great. Uh, and they do this great thing, which I think we... I can't remember if we talked about this with Jaws last week, but where you have this incredible score and then you don't use it during your dramatic moments. You mm. like have the guts to be like, you know what, actually, silence. That's the best music. Um, yeah, it, it's very good. So those are just just the basic questions, you know? I just want to I have another answered. basic question for you. How's uh -huh. the writing? The, <laughs> I, I like the writing quite a bit. I find it okay. very charming. I find it kind of romantic. There's a lot of, like, very good relationships. I'll spare you the details because I, I literally sounded high talking to Hoops about this on Friday. Sure. But the long short is there are two kind of groups that are in a constant oh, no. state are of war. I don't want no, to No, 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 no. They're in a constant state of war. And then you, you play as six people, three from each side, who come together and they're kind of united. And, Got like, it. how those relationships, there's a little bit of Romeo and Juliet stuff going there. It's interesting. It's 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 very sweet. Will they? Won't they? Ross, Rachel, you know. We yeah. should end the show, shouldn't we? We should. Okay. Well, we did it. Uh, the games that we talked about this week, we talked about a, basically every Mario Kart game, especially Mario Kart 64. We talked about Fortnite, Fall Guys, Halo Infinite, and all of their battle passes. We talked about Harley Quinn, specifically Season 3, on HBO Max. Uh, go watch it before HBO Max <laughs> explodes, whatever's happening to it, uh, and all that drama. And we talked 
two more times about Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and we'll probably not talk about it again until either I finish the game or the end of the year episode. So, the end of the year episode. Because um, I doubt I'll finish the game anytime before then. Yeah. That's it. Next week. Do we know what we're talking about next week? No, well, two weeks, but uh, no. Okay. Probably not. Okay, I'm sure. But there are actually some actual games that are starting to come out, which is a nice change of pace. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited about the next month or so. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the year. I I know that, like, I mean, like an offhand comment, I was like, ah, it's going to be a slow year. People got very mad. Yes, the rest of the year has a lot of video games. There's got a lot of stuff. There's so much good stuff. I can't wait for it. And that's where we're going to end this show so that I can go play some more multiverses because I know that its life uh, and, well, its existence in my life is going to fade very quickly when other things come out because that's just how I am with video games. That's it. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant. You are... Rest Frustic. That's it for the Resties, where the rest of the best discussed the best of the rest. Resties. Resties. Did you say disgust? Yeah. Like it was like we it was past tense. Disgust. Resties. Resties. <laughs> <laughs>